Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewired, where we talk about what's right and what's wrong with relationships and marriage in our world today. This episode is titled, Steve Arterburn's Most Common Marriage Problems, and my guest is Steve Arterburn. Well, welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, and I've got our guest today, Steve Arterburn. If you haven't heard of Steve Arterburn, then I don't know what rock you've been living under, but let me just tell you a few things about him. Steve is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries. He's also got uh, a show. Is that a weekly show, Steve? Well, it's a daily one-hour yeah. show. Daily on one-hour show. Sirius XM, channel 131. Okay. That's going to be on um, at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then we're on about 200 other terrestrial stations. And we also broadcast on television on uh, a cable network called the NRB Network. NRB. And that's uh, the name of that is New Life Live, that show. That's right. Correct? Yeah. All right. And uh, Steve's also the author of oh, more books than I can count. What's your latest book that has to do with marriage or relationships, Steve? Well, the, um, the most recent is uh, Mediterranean Love Plan, which is kind of a unique <laughs> marriage book because, um, you know, it's all about having fun and enjoying life and developing romance and having um, a sexually fulfilling, romantically fulfilling life, even in the later years. Yes, and I've been reading that and, and I've heard that, uh, well, I don't know if you, a guy named David Schnarch back about... 25, 30 years ago, wrote a book called Constructing the Sexual Crucible. And he says that uh, the couples who report the most fulfilling, exciting sex lives are in their 70s, been mm-hmm. married for 40 plus years. So we got something to look forward to. <laughs> That's good. And uh, so you got like uh, two, over 2 million uh, listeners a week. Is that is that what I, that, that's what I found on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, well, we're getting close to that. We've got uh, over 2000 a week. So there uh, you are. Yeah. We, we're so, and, and I also saw, is this true on Wikipedia? It says you've been on Oprah inside edition. Good morning, America, America, CNN. Oprah. Yeah. And it, I, I think it mentions that I was on wheel of fortune with my daughter and we didn't lose We didn't win anything. So did you really? Yeah, we didn't win a thing, and uh, we almost did. But uh, also, I haven't seen that Wikipedia thing, but if it's current, I mean, it mentions that I've been in Rolling Stone and Gentleman's Quarterly and the New York Times. Those are the big ones. Not Playboy yet, huh? No, no thanks. I <laughs> didn't think so. Well, yeah, it, it said, uh, I think in Wikipedia it said something like, and oddly enough, GQ and Rolling Stone. So Yeah. Yeah. It's just a joy to have you on here. And you've been doing the, How long have you been doing this show, the New Life Show, New Life Live? Oh, well, we next year is our uh, 30th anniversary for New Life Ministries. Uh, I think we acquired Minrith Meyer uh, at least 25 years ago. We've been doing the show. Okay. And the show focuses mostly on relationships and marriage. Is that correct? We bring in uh, Christian counselors. Um, that do the show with me, different ones. Um, John Townsend, Henry Cloud, probably the most known, Dave Stoop, uh, Mylon K. Yurkovich, Chris Williams, Dr. Jill Hubbard, Dr. Sherry Keffer, uh, Dr. Alice Benton. We work with all those folks. So I, you know, for 
about 25 years, I've been going to graduate school for an hour a day with some of the best uh, PhDs in the land. Yes, you have. Yes, that's quite a list of names. So you got, uh, and I've listened to a few of those, and you got people calling in uh, most shows and asking questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the ones that I listened to, at least, were about relationships or marriage. Yeah. And, well... (laughs) So what is the, after 25 years, you, you've got to have this one question that just gets asked so many times it, it makes you almost want to puke. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what would that question be? Um, what do I do when this person uh, that I love so much isn't willing to do anything? That, that's, that's the big one. And All right, that's, yes. That's, that's the tough one. Yeah. And, and, and what's the common answer for that? The common answer is something that you don't want to do, <laughs> or you probably would have done it by now. Right. And so, um, you know, there's, there is waiting upon the Lord. That's a, a very strong biblical concept. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people use that as an excuse to not do anything that they could do. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I mean, every case is different, but just in general, uh, if a person does nothing out of fear or whatever, um, then you, you're kind of enabling evil to exist in your home. And while God hates divorce, it's very difficult to see how anybody enabling evil could be doing God's will. Uh, there's a proverb that says, when you wink at wrong, you cause trouble. But an open rebuke brings lasting peace. So uh, essentially, the concept there is don't overlook something. Uh, that That's troublesome. But if we bring it to the forefront and we deal with it, we have a chance uh, to make some progress. Jeremiah 6.14 says, you can't heal a wound by saying it's there. Um, Or uh, another translation is, they treat the deep wounds of my people with superficial treatments. So uh, a person, um, maybe they don't want to have a conversation about it because uh, they were hit when they had the last one, okay? So if that's the case, then you need to have a third party to have that conversation. but maybe the thing that they want to do most is preserve the marriage. Well, they don't have a marriage. If he's out having three or four affairs and she's waiting at home being patient. Uh, and, and so often we'll have people say, yeah, how do I forgive him? You know, he's still having the affair. Well, forgiveness isn't what's called for in that case yet. What's called for is action. And so we don't want to see anybody divorced, but sometimes you have to file for divorce to even get the person's attention. Because we run into people all the time, they divorced the person, but they don't fill out the paperwork because they don't want to have to deal with the financial uh, splitting up of things and all. So sometimes you're just viewed as a non-person by the abusing spouse. So sometimes we have to do something we don't want to do. Um, a planned separation, a legal separation, um, if if a conversation and then a confrontation doesn't work, you know, we've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to see whether or not this person's heart 
can be turned around. And for some, it takes some pretty extreme measures to get their attention. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, this is just me being me and doing this show, but I'm going to do some pushback. So okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're ready. You, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm sure you can handle that. So um, do you experience the couples that, uh, or I should say individual spouses that use things like threatening divorce um, to get their spouse's attention in an, in an enabling way? Um, well, you don't ever want to threaten anything if you're not willing to follow through. Mm, yeah. And of course, anything uh, that might be used for the good, of course, can be used for the bad. And what I was describing there was a very um, extreme case. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, uh, like let's say a person is married to an alcoholic. She starts going to Al-Anon. Well, that's different for him. Oh, wow. Where is she going? She's going to a meeting because I have a problem. That kind of changes the dynamic a little bit there. And then um, when she starts to talk about the problem from an informed perspective, rather than just wondering what's going on, that changes the dynamic. And then maybe she gets them into counseling and a counselor says to them, you know, don't you think you're, you could do better if you didn't drink, you guys get closer, you'd have some of the things you want. That's the way it ought to work is that, you know, you go from, a stalemate or stagnant place to you make some moves here and there's some willingness and you make progress. But uh, what I was describing was an extreme case where the guy is out there living a totally different life. And it, and it happens the other way too. We get calls where she's doing this and the guy's just sitting there. So right. yeah, those things exist where somebody might try to manipulate or uh, enable or whatever, but yeah, you can mess up any, anything by abusing a tactic. But the goal for us is get a redemptive relationship back in, in order. And again, sometimes that takes some pretty tough things to get the person's attention. So that, that most common question you get is somebody who's going, uh, my spouse is involved in some, some damaging behavior and uh, how do I get them to to quit? And and they're and they're really not doing anything. They're yeah, and just threatening so, or or just complaining or yeah yeah. And I think a lot of times when people call us, they're not really calling for advice. Uh, they're they're wanting us to say that they've done everything. Yeah, you know, they're kind of wanting some affirmation that it's hopeless. Okay, and uh, and so. The, yeah, it, it's interesting to hear people call a live call-in show to ask a question, but it really is um, a need for them to feel like they're doing the right thing. They're they're out hunting permission to do what they yeah. want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And many times they have done everything uh, that can be done, but they have a person that doesn't have any willingness whatsoever. And of course, willingness is is really when there's a problem that either unlocks it or it doesn't. You can be aware you have a problem. You can desire for it to get better. But if you're unwilling, you're going to be in that same situation. Yes. 
That's funny. I have a, a probably not a week goes by. I, I don't have somebody uh, call me and, and tell me, you know, their marriage is in big trouble and, and uh, their, their spouse is just, I can't do anything about it. it, it and then they tell me a diagnosis of their spouse about uh, eight times out of 10. If it's the wife, she's saying my husband is narcissistic personality disorder. And if it's the husband, he's saying my wife is bipolar to which I almost always would say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. When were they diagnosed? And they start backpedaling and, oh, well, 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 they haven't been officially diagnosed, yeah. but I looked it up online and, and really all they're looking for is an excuse not to, not to be active, not to take some kind of action. Just yeah. to say, yeah, to, an excuse. They're looking for somebody to say, I can get out of this. Yeah. What, what, do you, what are some of the biggest mindset fallacies you, fallacies you encounter with marriages? Like what, what kind of mindsets do you see people having that just are messing things up? Well, I think, um, you know, quite commonly people thinking that uh, it's in everybody's best interest uh, to do nothing. That's a big uh, marriage fallacy. I think uh, a lot of times in the Christian world, you have people faking it all the time and just acting like everything's uh, hunky-dory. And because, you know, they, they don't go to any kind of safe, meeting where they can express the way things are. They, they just, um, they're unable to get out of the facade and into reality in some group somewhere where they can deal with the issue. So they just put on a happy face and um, act like everything's okay. And so they end up at that level of superficiality in the relationship forever. It's very sad. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, we do a, uh, a workshop uh, about once a month an intensive and, and uh, most of the couples there, it's, you know, they, it, it's gotten so bad that now they're finally getting help, but it's, they're on their last thread. And sometimes that's threads broken or it's gotten so bad that now one of them's in an affair or something. And it's this, this drum I keep beating over and over again, especially amongst people at church at our church is that we've got to be so much more proactive in, in making it, um, making it the culture of our church that everybody gets help with their marriage. <laughs> you know, yeah. that we're always working on marriage. And so, you know, if you're in a church where the, um, the, the pastor and his, and his staff are all acting like they, they've got perfect marriages, then nobody, then nobody feels like it. They can, they can, work on their own marriage publicly, take a marriage class or well, something because there's a stigma with it. To that end of everybody, um, I was at uh, this White House briefing last week on from Health and Human Services, and um, somebody came in and presented some stuff on the tax reform plan. And uh, one of the people there said, well, why don't you make, make it tax deductible for a couple to go to marriage class? Uh, then they're not going to divorce. Then their kids are going to be healthy, more productive. Or, uh, and how about making it deductible, uh, get a tax credit for going to a parenting class? I thought that's a really good idea of yes. all the stuff that could, you know, really benefit that people uh, make those deductible or give a tax credit for that. Yeah, there was a study done here about a little less than a decade ago in Texas that says that uh, showed that the average divorce in Texas cost us as taxpayers $35,000. So we're, we're paying, we're paying a lot. Yeah, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we have a, 
a law here now, the, the together in Texas legislation that if a couple takes a, um, one of their recommended uh, premarital courses, then they don't have to pay for their state marriage license fee. That's good. That's a, but that's a drop in the bucket. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is your marriage getting worse instead of better? Has there been talk of separation, or is either spouse considering divorce? If any of these apply, then Love Reboot is your answer. Come join the hundreds of couples who are once in despair and headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship after attending a Love Reboot weekend. Visit us at growinglovenetwork.org for more information on an upcoming Love Reboot workshop. Hello, this is Max Lucado. You're listening to Relationship Rewired. What uh, what else do you see? Uh, what what do you hear from your calling people that you just uh, want to go? You want to thump them upside the head? Well, of course, the most common thing is pornography that is destroying more marriages than anything else. And, um, you know, the, um, the thing that we do here at New Life, Every Man's Battle, we've had thousands of men go through that and experience, you know, transformation, true uh, change and everything. Then we do a thing for the uh, wives or ex-wives uh, called Restore, where they can receive uh, healing and and help and transformation there. But, you know, that's the big one. Somebody thinking that, um, you know, pornography is going to uh, help not that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Or that it just uh, is like a, a release valve for sexual pressure tension and it's a safe valve and they don't understand how it works on your brain, changes your brain the more you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you, uh, what do you tell somebody who says, uh, Hey, I don't, I, I'm not in love with my spouse. I don't love my spouse anymore. Mm. Yeah. I, I say, um, uh, well, I used to hate mine. So, um, you might be better off than I was. <laughs> How so, long ago was that? Well, I don't know. A few years back <laughs> and every now and then, you know, when you're in a down cycle, you kind of think, well, maybe that's back. But <laughs> doesn't matter what you feel. Uh, the question is, are you willing uh, to resolve the things between you and that point in history where you said, this is the person for me? At one point, uh, there was a, they were amazing to you. They were everything to you. You picked them to marry. So if you want to resolve what destroyed those feelings, you can do that. If you don't want to, uh, nothing's going to help. But it doesn't really matter how you feel. The question is, are you willing to do some work? Because some of the the things that you don't like about her, you set in motion, or you don't like about him. You trained him, or you trained her to be that way with your reaction. If you'd like to see how you did that, learn some different things. You know, life can be very, very different than it was before. You know, when I give people a similar, um, almost verbatim, and sometimes a, a answer, reply to that question like you just did, uh, I often hear people say, that just sounds like fake it till you make it. 
No, it sounds like work through the stuff that you did to destroy the relationship that you had so that things can get better. Faking it is acting like there's no problem. Yeah. So you, you said at one time you hated your wife. Um, I don't know if that's the exact words, but Joanna and I, we've been married 32 years. We had uh, about years three and four of our marriage. We, we were both praying that the Lord, we were praying. That's when we yeah. started praying the Lord come quickly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or take this other person right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or me. <laughs> if you're not going to take them, take me. And I um, think, you know, that's just, uh, that just happens. And then, but the question is, how do you respond to that? Uh, or how do you react to that? Do you do something that is helpful or do you do something that makes it worse? That's, that's the big question. Yeah. I, I want to take that first piece of that. Uh, you know, I think you, you just said, I, I can't think of the words you said exactly, but something like, yeah, that happens. Is it your experience that most, if not all couples are almost all couples go through a season earlier in their marriage of that? Well, I think so because uh, it's set up that way. Uh, you you date, you court, you put your best foot forward, eat some wedding cake, pull out the other foot. It's pretty ugly. So um, there's a reality that sets in for most people. Not everybody. You know, there are a lot of great stories of high school sweethearts who marry and they do very well because they know each other so well. You know, they've been together for so long. Yeah. There are no surprises. Uh, but for most people, there are a lot of surprises. And if you've been married before, there seems to be even more surprises in those situations why most of them don't work out. Right. So, yeah, I think you have to go into a marriage saying, this is not going to be what I think it is. And, uh, but whatever it is, we're going to deal with it and we're going to work through it. Those are the marriages that get better and uh, you find some kind of fulfillment with it. Yeah. And it seems like the biggest place people go wrong in that, that in that phase is their way of dealing with it is trying to change the other person. Well, sure. And using the most ineffective technique called criticism. Yes. And criticism, uh, the research shows you criticize a person. Um, they might have been open to making a change. But once you criticize, they dig in their heels. They try to uh, protect their ground and uh, defend it. And they're locked in. Whereas if you stopped criticizing that area and started to see the good stuff and build them up, you'd probably end up watching them transform more into the person you wanted them to be doing the things you wanted them to do than criticism will ever do. Do you like to be criticized? I don't. Uh, anywhere. I don't yeah. like negative comments from anything, anybody. So uh, it just makes sense. If that's your, your strategy for fulfilling marriage, you're kind of on the wrong track there. Yeah. On, I would say on the 180 degree wrong track, you're, you're giving that person the exact opposite of what they married you for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of acceptance, you're, you're, you're rejecting them when you're criticizing. Yeah. So, okay. Tell me about this book. I I've been reading it, uh, here and there. In fact, um, your good friend of mine, Steve Green gave it to me, 
uh, a little while back and uh, the, the Mediterranean love plan. Uh, to, to, what, what got you writing that? What, what inspired you to, because that's very different than any, uh, than almost any marriage book I've read. Well, my wife and I um, traveled there. In fact, we just got back from a, from taking 200 people over there from our radio show to Greece. Um, we, we went all over the Mediterranean and we just noticed some things that somebody ought to put in a book. We had a researcher come along and see if there was any kind of uh, data that would back that up, and there was. And so um, we put together these Mediterranean secrets that if you would follow them, uh, it would restore the romance, the passion, and as we say in the seventh chapter, it would even uh, transform your uh, sexual intimacy life and bring in the sacred and, and the sexual in the same place. So uh, it was fun doing the book. It was fun doing research for it. Uh, it's a way to benefit from the Mediterranean without having to be gone two weeks and uh, a lot of money for the airfare we had to pay. <laughs> well, it, it seemed uh, that there's a lot about just enjoying enjoying each other in the basic right. basic things of life, food yeah. and and watching sunsets and and those kind of things. What would the, give an example of of one of those things in the book that uh, you recommend? Well, um, you know, one of the things that that it's important in any relationship. Or find things that bring you together uh, when maybe you're starting to drift. And so when you do things that put both of you in a place of mutual vulnerability, it will bring the two of you together. For instance, if neither of you have ever jumped out of an airplane, uh, now not everybody wants to do that, but you can see how neither of you have done it. Going through that experience is pretty scary for most people. Uh, that's gonna be a bonding experience for you. Neither of you know anything about it. You're both vulnerable versus one's the expert or one's done it before. Uh, and so that's an extreme example. But taking a vacation where you've never been or uh, doing something out of your normal comfort zone, that draws you uh, together. Another thing, uh, when you do something that the other person thinks is fun, you may discover it's fun for you, but that draws uh, the person to you. I came here to my office from a dance lesson with my wife. She's a really good dancer, loves dancing. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I was born and uh, raised Southern Baptist, so I don't have a dancing gene within me. Yeah. But when you do things like that, other than sitting around in a bark lounge or watching TV, asking somebody to bring you a beverage, um, when you do things that are active and put both of you in unique and different situations. It brings you together and you have a lot of fun too. Uh, yeah. I hear you on the dancing. Well, I was raised church of Christ and uh, they told us, you know, when you get married, don't have sex standing up because that could lead to dancing. Right. Yeah. So know where that goes. On February 9th through the 11th, Growing Love Network will be heading to the coastal town of Vider, Texas to do our marriage seminar called My Love Lasts. The Turning Point Church in Vider has been a beacon for that community in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. 
most of the people of Vider had their homes flooded and, over the next several days, began flocking into that church for shelter and food. Over the ensuing weeks, Turning Point Church continued to be a delivery site for many of the supplies that were pouring in. A few weeks ago, that church contacted me and said that now, with so many people living in temporary shelters or with relatives and with in-laws, and with all of the financial and logistical challenges, there's been a huge increase in marital problems. They desperately need help for the marriages in their church and community. One big problem though, not only have they run out of funds to be able to host a marriage seminar, they still need help to provide building and repair materials for those who can't afford them. They told us that another big help would be gift cards for Home Depot and Lowe's. So, we're going to bring them our two-day marriage seminar, My Love Lasts, as a way of doing our part to help out with the Hurricane Harvey victims. At the same time, we saw a huge opportunity to let others help as well. Now it's that time of year when most nonprofit organizations are doing their end-of-the-year push for fundraising. We cannot bring you Relationship Rewire or provide the many scholarships for Love Reboot that we provide on a monthly basis without our donors. So we are asking that you take a moment and go to our website, growinglovenetwork.org, and help us continue to help families and marriages. But we are also setting aside a fund specifically for the Hurricane Harvey relief in Vider. So right now, you can actually give to both good causes in one stop. If you prefer a part or even all of your donation to go to the hurricane relief effort, simply follow the instructions when you click on the donate button. We will use those donations only for the purposes of providing help in Viter. So you need to ask yourself right now, have I done what I can and need to do to help out? Should I do more? If the answer is yes, then you know what you need to do right now before listening to the rest of this podcast or before you do anything else except if you're driving you need to pull over first. What you do is hit the pause button and go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. Come on, you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, so just uh, doing things that you're that you're not comfortable with that the other spouse wants to do. I know uh, Joanna; she loves me to go grocery shopping with her. Um, I like to get in and out of there, so I, I kind of resist that. But I, you know, I just uh, I said, okay, I'm going grocery shopping with you on Monday afternoon. And went and and you know when you choose when you choose, I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, I'm going to find a way to enjoy this, something that is not necessarily what you think would be fun, but you just choose to do it with your spouse. It, it, you don't understand what a big gift that is to them when they know that you're not only doing something that they want to do, but that you're choosing to enjoy it too. That's, that's really bonding. Yeah. Good attitude always helps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Well, I remember in, in uh, when I think, well, on our first date and, and I, we were asking what, what's your favorite kind of music? And this was 1982. Joanna said air supply. You remember that group? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stand that kind of music. And, but the next words out of my mouth were, Hey, they're coming to town next month. You want to go? And I was, she actually went with another guy named Mark, but that's another story. But 
Yeah, let me just, uh, I'll, I'll finish by letting people know that there are seven different secrets from seven cultures. And every one of the secrets, there are 13 different things that we suggest you try that will bring that secret into your relationship. So it's not just a book about something. It really gives you a lot of ideas to do together to bring some uh, closeness and romance and sexual fulfillment. Some practical steps. Yeah. Well, I appreciate having you on here. Thanks for taking your time. and uh, Keep up the good work. Okay, you too. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize relationships for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this or any of our episodes. Send us an email to relationshiprewire at gmail.com. Uh, t- tell them hi at, uh, what you say, at uh, Congress? Where were you? Oh, I was at a White House reading. I'm going to the Museum uh, of the Bible um, grand opening. Oh, okay, that's that's tomorrow. All right. Well, tell them all I said hi. I'm sure they'll they'll be wondering what I'm doing. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve. God bless you. You too.